0: Let's pray together. Uh, God, we thank you that you are so faithful, Lord, and that we can celebrate who you are today as a church family. God, we've seen your faithfulness for the past nine years as a church. God, you've, you've poured out your blessing. You've showered your blessings on this family known as Redemption Hill Church. God, I can remember, uh, you know, 10 years ago, just the thinking and the praying and the dreaming with with the Chasteen family and, and the Miller family and Abby Cook as we uh, moved to Boston and, and there were so many people that said, do you know how hard that's gonna be? Do you know how difficult it is to start a new church anywhere, especially in Boston? And yet God, it's been your faithfulness, your goodness, your work that has done this amazing, amazing Thing and bringing people together to worship you, to know you. And so God, it's to you that we give the praise today. It's you we celebrate. As we hear from your word in just a, a few moments, God, we turn our eyes to you again because you are our victor. You are our hero. You're our savior. You're our king. You're our shepherd. We thank you we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can have a seat, and let me say happy anniversary, Redemption Hill. Yes, it is so good, so good to celebrate with you. My name is Pastor Tanner. I serve as our lead pastor, and I know 2020 has been a hard year. It has been a difficult year. It has been a trying year. And yet through it all, let's say it together. Our God has been good. Let's say it together. Our God has been good. A little louder this time. Our God has been good. You're getting better, but I can't hear the people online. Our God has been good. So good. So good, as we like to sing in the eighth inning at the, the, the Red Sox game. So good. So let's, let's hear of his goodness. Some, uh, a few of the, the members of Redemption Hill pulled together a few videos for you to just reflect and hear of how God has been good to them through our church. Let's check it out. Hey, I C family. Hi,
1: it's the Garcias. How are you? We have been blessed by RHD Family 2020 in so many ways. Um, we have received encouraging texts, calls um, and we feel your love and support. Even though we are virtual, we, um, we are feeling the love. Um, we are so happy to be a part of this family and I know that the kids have been enjoying Sunday lessons and the special packages they received in the mail. Um, are you guys enjoying RHD Kids? Yes, you are. We love you. God bless you and hope to see you soon. Bye. Hey, Redemption Hill family. What a year. I am so thankful to be part of this crew in 2020. And I have just been so blessed, especially by my community group and the ways that they've taken care of me, made sure that I have everything I need, um, the ways we've been able to encourage each other in work and in home life. Um, I've been particularly blessed during a time when I had surgery this summer and I had people come over and take out my trash and make sure I had groceries and drop things off that I needed Um, and I've just been really blessed to just know people um, are going through similar situations and um, raising kids and taking care of school and um, working during all of this and just been such a joy to see God just provide for me and my, um, my daughter during this time through Redemption Hill, um, and also give it us opportunity just to provide for and care for and encourage others as well. So love you guys. So thankful for you. Happy anniversary. One way that I've been blessed by the RAC family is when we had community group um, and we had the guys breakout. Um, it was really a, a really good time, really supportive. Everyone was supporting each other. Um, and that was really great. For me, it was probably on a couple of occasions people delivered, whether it be the Sunday school materials or a yummy snack or uh, something to add to dinner and that was always just really a blessing.
2: Hi, I'm Nancy. Mostly everybody knows me, but during this COVID season, I ended up in the Beth Israel Hospital having a big heart operation and I kept going in and out of AFib, and one day I was really high in AFib, and I thought, I'm calling Pastor Tana, and he doesn't usually answer the phone right away, he usually call, calls you back after, but this day he answered very promptly, and I told him about me having AFib, and I was scared, and he said, let me pray with you, so he prayed with me, and then he said, God bless, and we, he hung up, and the nurse walked in the room and she says, Nancy, your pulse has gone down to 69. I immediately called Tanner again and I told him, and he said, that's the Holy Spirit. And here I am.
1: (laughs) Having community through RHC this year has been um, definitely a blessing in the fact to have people to hang out with um go on walks with once we were able to be socially distant and even just shoot a text to to make check up on each other and make sure that everyone's doing well
0: hey happy ninth anniversary (laughs) to redemption hill church on behalf of myself and my son adam we want to say how much we love our church family uh, we, we're praying that God would use our church even more so in the next coming year. So happy 9th anniversary to Redemption Hill Church. How about that, huh? Let's, uh, let's give it up for everyone that shared a video and a story. And I just thought it would be a, such a great way to, to begin to reflect on God's goodness to us this year. Um, You know, I wanna say thank you. Thank you even in spite of everything that's gone on and happened this year. Thank you for caring for one another. Thank you for praying for one another. Thank you for staying connected. Thank you for continuing to pursue God and expect that he is at work in our midst. And so today what I want to do is invite us to celebrate the grace and the goodness of God to Redemption Hill in 2020, all right? Celebrate the grace and the goodness of God to Redemption Hill in 2020. And to help us do that, we're going to turn to what is a very familiar chapter of the Bible to so many of you today, and that is Psalm 23. Okay, so as you, as you turn there, as you open your app and find Psalm 23, uh, I want to invite out a very special person in my life. That would be our nine-year-old daughter, Kesed Grace, and she is going to be our scripture reader today as one of the redemption kids in our church. All right, so Kesed, come on out here, and she's going to read Psalm 23.
2: You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
0: Awesome. Great job, Cassidy. Yeah, give it up for Cassidy. Thank you. Awesome job. All right. Psalm 23. A, such a familiar psalm for us, a psalm for everyone, right? Every generation as we look to our God and who he is. And so what I want to do as we, as we work our way through this psalm, as we celebrate his grace and his goodness to us, I want to give you five ways that we see who God is and how he is at work on us our behalf, all right, so, so, so five, five ways God is at work, and as we think about each one of these, I want you to think about your own life, your own story, what he's done in you, what he's done through our church, and in, re, in your relationship to Redemption Hill in this year, as we consider this is who God is, this is who he has been, and this is who he will be, all right, so number one, we see that our God is provides. Our God provides. What we know about David is that David was the king of Israel. He was Israel's greatest king, but David was also once a shepherd. And so as a shepherd, he knew how to care for his sheep. And as he's processing how he sees God caring for him, he says, God is not just a shepherd, or the shepherd, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I love how personal this psalm is. It's, it's, so, it's so intimate and, and, and personal for each one of us. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. God wants each one of us to increasingly know him in an intimate way. And when David says, God is my shepherd, I shall not want, we may read that word want and we say, okay, that means that I, I won't have any more desires. But that's not what the word want here means. The word want is not referring to something we desire, but lacking something we need. And so David says, because of who my God is, I do not lack anything I need. And I hope that's your testimony today. Even if times have even got a little tougher this year, that you still see God showing up in your life. You still see God providing for you, both physically and even more so spiritually. This is what he's talking about in verse two when he goes on and he says that God is my shepherd and he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. This provision that David is speaking of, he's he's talking about how God provides for our, our hunger and he provides rest, making us lie down in green pastures, in uncommon reality, in the the hillside of Israel. But then not only how God satisfies our hunger and gives us rest, but he also satisfies our thirst. He leads us beside still waters. Everything that we need in life, no matter what it is, our God has unlimited resources to meet every single need yes both physically and spiritually we read in psalm 34 verse 9 oh fear the lord you his saints for those who fear him have no lack that's a, that's a, that's a truth for you that's a promise for you if you have trusted christ and follow god through him second peter 1:3 says God's divine power has given us what? Everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who's called us by his own glory and goodness. God continues to pour out to us as his children. I love how Jesus, the self-identified good shepherd of John chapter 10 says earlier in John chapter six, verse 35, I am what? The bread of life whoever comes to me shall never hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus continually hooks us up with what we need, and it's so much better. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about our new church app, you know, and we have some surprises for you even out in the parking lot today, all right? Like, these things are great, but so much greater is the provision of God that keeps showing up in your life every single day. I hope you're saying, yes, I, I, this is my God. This is who I know him to be. And we've seen how God has continued to show up in our church this year again and again and again. In spite of all of the uncertainties of 2020, we've seen God provide for individuals. Sure, we've seen some individuals be put on job furloughs or even lose their jobs, and yet we've seen God provide for them and carry them through. We've seen God provide for our church family. We're still in a very healthy place, not just spiritually and with involvement, but even financially, we've seen God provide for us. And what I get really excited about is how God is providing for individuals through our church family. There have been needs that have risen up and we've seen a number of people give generously to our benevolence fund, $15,000 given to help people in need in our church family. That is something that we can celebrate here today. Thank you, God. We've seen God answer prayer by providing a new worship leader for our church at the beginning of this year, and Pedro Cassiano. We've yeah, we can give it up for Pedro. Thank you very much. Let's give it up for Mr. Cassiano. We've seen God provide spiritual support through the many check in calls, messages, and times of prayer. I mean, who remembers the first two months of the pandemic when we were all learning how to Zoom, how we were praying every single morning for our church family? I mean, I think we shouldn't take it for granted. We haven't seen anyone in our church suffer significantly from COVID throughout this pandemic. I mean, that is, that is an answer to prayer. And we prayed about these things. We've seen how. Our God provides. But not only does our God provide, our God also restores. Look at the beginning of verse 3. David goes on and he simply says, he restores my soul. God is the restorer of our souls. God's restoring touch brings a renewed sense of strength and vitality to our lives. And when you see the word soul here, he's talking about the totality of our inner being, our mind and our desires and our emotions, that that God is working to bring restoration to whatever it is that we need restored in our lives. We've said it so many times this year, but listen, when we are weary, when we are weak, when we feel like we cannot go on another day dealing with all the challenges, dealing with being shut in at home, dealing with the work situation and environment, dealing with crazy kids that are now at home all the time, we turn to God and God brings his restoration. God wants, listen, God wants to bring you back to the place of a flourishing and wholeness that he made us for in the very beginning. This is what he is doing for us in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but one thing that I can do to trace back the faithfulness of God and how he's been at work in my life is to remember certain scriptures that he's really just, you know, the Holy Spirit takes God's word and he presses it deep within our hearts. And one of the verses that that really grabbed me in a fresh way that keeps finding its ways into my prayer life is 1 Peter chapter 5 in verse 10 where Peter writes, and after you have suffered a little while, and we've all suffered in various ways this year, but he says, after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore God himself, again, will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Our God loves to restore us. Our God loves to restore souls, to bring life where there is no life. We can celebrate and get excited about those who have found life in Christ for the first time this year. How about that? Including, and I love this, including some of our middle school students through our student group. It's amazing to see God bring new life where there was once spiritual death and blind eyes. He gives life and sight so that we can know him, love him, and live our lives for him but it's not just a restoration of life that God brings us for the first time, but God continues through all of the ups and downs. I don't know about you, but I have had more than a couple of ups and downs through this year. I mean, I would venture to say that no one is escaping 2020 unscathed we're all going to say happy new year 2021 like we're all going to say that having picked up a few scars along the way and yet through it all through all of the ups and downs whatever that has looked like for you mentally emotionally physically spiritually god is in the business of restoring our souls one of the stories that i'm going to take with me from 2020 was the call that i got from a man in our church who just a few days after being put on furlough, when he didn't know the financial implications for his family or if and when he would be called back to work, he said, Pastor Tanner, this has rocked me significantly, but, but after just kind of stepping back and processing what God is doing, this is exactly what I need. I need to slow down God has been calling me to make a greater investment in my family. God has been calling me to make a greater investment in his kingdom. And so I need this space, even if, even if it, it, it means that we suffer in some ways, I need this space to draw near to God, for God to restore my soul. Our God is the God of restoration. Our God is the God of revival. That means he's bringing us back to life. He's filling us with his life so that we can live our lives for him. And so listen, wherever it is that you need restoration today, our God is a God who restores us. And then number three, as we've experienced in 2020, our God leads. Look at the end of verse three where David goes on to say, God leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. If we translate this out literally, it it would say, God leads me in right paths. We we saw a few weeks ago in, in, in considering Exodus 15 how God is our ultimate leader that sometimes God takes us on unconventional paths. Do you remember this? God God took the people of Israel out into the wilderness. He could have taken them on just a few day journey, but instead he was gonna take them the long route which turned into a 40 year journey. But through it all, God had a purpose and a plan. So even when the way is not the quickest, the path is not the easiest, the path is not the one that makes the most sense to us, which is the one we really, really like, right? God is still leading us faithfully. Psalm 25 verse 10 says that all your paths are steadfast love. All of God's path, whatever path God is leading you on right now, it is a path full of love because he cares for you. And so as I shared in that sermon on Exodus 15, if we could just see how God is working in ways that we cannot see, if we could see what he sees, we would fall down on our knees and thank and praise him for what he's up to, even when we can't see it. So let's thank God for what he's doing in 2020 as he's teaching us to slow down. Thank you, God, for helping us pay greater attention to our friends and our children and our spouses. Thank you, God, for helping us unglue ourselves from the addictions of sports and work and entertainment and spending loads of money that we probably shouldn't be spending on eating out, even though we all love a good meal out, right? We live in Boston after all. But he's ungluing us. He's, He's bringing a different attachment. He's doing so many good things. He's helping us to depend on him. How many times this year have you just had to stop and say, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. I need your wisdom. I'm so thankful for God and his leadership of our church. I can't tell you how many times these are the conversations that we're having as pastors as a staff team, God, we don't know what to do. We don't know what the next step is. We don't know what we should, how we should navigate this pandemic and keep people connected and provide opportunities and care for people. And then this whole reopening and regathering. And then you talk about groups and how do you do small groups in a pandemic? And it's like, give us your wisdom, Lord. Help us see what you see. Lead us in right paths. But God, as you do it, we want to make sure that our prayer is what David says about you, that you lead us in right paths for your name's sake. Pastor John said it so good that, that all that God has done in the life of our church from the very beginning in 2011 to this day is that it has been a result of his hand, his work, his power, and so as we are walking these right paths for his namesake, what that means is that we're seeking to, through our lives, as we live our lives for God, we want to reveal his character. We want to uphold his reputation. That people would see who he is and how great he is as we live our lives together collect- collectively for But as we move into verse four, what we see is that sometimes the right paths that God leads us down or allows us to journey are actually very dangerous roads. And so David goes on to say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff they comfort me. We can receive the the promise that when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, when life is most difficult, when we feel like we can't go on, when we don't want to take the next step, when we have the greatest reason to be crippled by fear and anxiety, we do not have to fear because our God is. That's the fourth truth that I want you to see out of this psalm. Our God is. Do you remember the conversation that Moses had with God in Exodus chapter 3 when God appears to him in this bush that is is burning with an unquenchable fire? And God's presence is revealed to Moses and, and God speaks to Moses out of the bush. And, and what Exodus 3 tells us in verse 13 is this. It says, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, May we never forget this. This is God's name. This is the, God, the name that God gave us to know him, to remember him forever. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent you. The the Hebrew name for God is Yahweh. This is why we sing hallelujah. We raise a hallelujah. Hallelujah means praise the Lord. And so when, when God says, I am, he is saying, I alone am self-existent. I alone am independent. That means I depend on no one or nothing. I am ever present. I am always everywhere at the same time. This is who our God is. And so as we walk through difficulty, as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, We remember that our God is, that he is the I am, that he is with us no matter what it is that we may be going through. And I just want to help us today and remind us, I know you hear me say things like this hopefully often, is that there will be an inverse relationship between your vision of God and your fear the greater your vision of God, the smaller your fear will be. Or to put it another way, there will be a proportionate relationship between your vision of God and your ability to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We have to know who our God is. It's our vision of God that is everything. That's what we talk about, fighting for vision, seeing God in everything, everywhere, because he's always speaking. He's always revealing himself to us. But I want to say this, because sometimes it's easy to get fired up about theology, and, and some of us, you know, we've read the books, and we can tell you, you know, 30 attributes of God, and, you know, and that's great. We, we, need, like, we need to get there if we're not there. Like, we need to know God and his word and be able to go to scriptures and explain and know who he is. But listen, we can know about God without experiencing him in a, in a tangible way in any given moment. It's, listen, this is what I'm saying. It's not enough to have a vision of God. Like this is who he is if you are not by faith taking hold of who he is. Do you see that? We, we have to, to, to take hold, to believe, to know that, Our God is not just great. He's not just awesome. He's not just perfect in all of his ways. He's not just glorious. He's not just the shepherd king. He's not just the one who gives life. He's not just the one who restores us. He's not just the one who is with us, but he is with us right now. This is something we can celebrate. We can take hold of. Our God is, he is with us. He will walk us through, he will protect us. Your rod and your staff, they were, they were guiding and protecting instruments for the shepherd to protect the sheep from any predators that might endanger them as they journey through the valley of the shadow of death. This is who God is, this is what he has done for us all of these nine years and particularly this year as we've journeyed along together. And so our God provides, our God restores, our God leads, and our God is. And then finally, listen, our God overflows. Our God overflows. There's so much that we could say here, so just receive it as I give it to you with the quickness, all right? What we see in verses five and six should absolutely stagger us. They should should absolutely like blow our minds that this is who God is to us. You, God, you prepare a table before me. God, the image here is that God moves from a shepherd to a host. God is preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He anoints our head with oil, our cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God is inviting each one of us to his table. His table is in his house, okay? So we are the guests of God and God spreads this feast out before us to enjoy. And if that doesn't amaze you, if that doesn't like grab your heart this morning, then, then, then there's probably like some measure of pride going on because you might actually think that you be- belong there. And it's like, yeah, God, like you should be hooking me up. You should be serving me. You should be bringing all this fine wine and drink and food, okay? But like, guess what? None of us deserve to have a seat at God's table, We should be serving him. We should be uh, doing everything for him. And yet God is the one who is serving us. We are like Mephibosheth in 2 Samuel chapter 9, who was the son of David's enemy. And yet David welcomes him in when Mephibosheth had nothing to offer David. Not not only was he the son of his enemy, but he was lame and crippled in both feet. He would have been considered an outcast, worthless to the people in that day. And yet David invites him to always have a seat at his table. And that is our story in Jesus Christ. God in his grace has invited us when we could do nothing to earn our way to God, when we did not deserve a seat at God's table, God has welcomed us to experience all of his goodness so that we can experience how great he is. Yes, God anoints our head with oil. It was a gesture of hospitality that would refresh a guest as they entered a home. And then when he sits down, it says that his cup overflowed. In other words, there was such an abundance of blessing. The, the cup is often a, a cup of blessing or salvation in the Old Testament. And so as we, we see what, what God has done, it can't help but cause our souls to well up with gratitude and praise. And I, I love, I love uh, what what... Someone has said about this, listen, when we feel overwhelmed, we should remember that our cup overflows. We sit and we feast at the goodness of God. And one of the greatest statements of 2020 for me personally that I want to pass on to you this morning is this. I was with uh, some other church planters and pastors at the beginning of this year, and uh, we were... Uh, sitting in a room that was uh, training being led by a man named Chip Judd. He, uh, he's a Christian counselor. And, and this was just before the session started. It was like totally off topic. He was just encouraging us. And he was saying, look, you, you should be living your life in such a way in your neighborhood, in your city, that like the kingdom of darkness has to take notice because you are actually making a difference in that city. I love what he was saying. I'll just put it to you straight like he was putting it to us. He said, you ought to be ashamed of yourself if the demons don't know who you are. And he was talking about Acts and Paul, I know, and you know, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I've heard of, but who are you? you know, and, and so what Chip said is this. I loved it. He said, when we go out to eat tonight, I'm going to eat my lobster with the devil watching. And, and, and I kind of flipped the script a little bit. The next time I went out to eat with my family, and we went to Nappy's in Medford, I started eating my veal salt and with the devil watching. And some of you aren't following me yet. It's not all about physical meals, right? It's about the goodness of God being poured out on our lives. I'm gonna go to that next community group and be encouraged and encouraged. Pray and be prayed for with the devil watching. I'm going I'm to give that next gift to Multiply March. We saw an exceeding and abundant uh, offering given above our goal to support missionaries and partners this past March. That's, that's doing God's work with the enemy watching us gain the victory and move forward the kingdom of God. We're going to receive God's strength as we seek racial justice with the devil watching. We're going to multiply our reach to the community by live streaming our services with the devil watching. We're gonna hit our knees again with the devil watching. Our God is so good. He's invited us to feast. He's anointed our head. Yes, he's given us his Holy Spirit. He's filled us up so that we can see how much our cup overflows. He's given us the victory. And so as we bring our time to a close, I just want to ask you, how have you seen God's grace and goodness this year? How have you experienced God's grace and goodness this year? How have you experienced God's grace and goodness through Redemption Hill Church this year? Because guess what? Verse six is a statement of declaration that can be received as a promise. David ends this song by saying, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. This word follow means to pursue, to chase down. This is the picture of God coming after us again and again and again, day after day after day, chasing us down with his goodness and mercy. So that no matter what is happening, what we're going through, how we're stepping out in his mission, he is giving us everything we need because we know who he is and we are following his paths which leads us to be able to say, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yes, 2020 has been a hard year. It's been a difficult year. But we can say and testify and tell our stories of how good our God has been. Let's pray together. God, we ask that you would ignite our hearts to give you the praise that you alone deserve. God, thank you for how you've showed up again and again and again, how you've worked wonders among us, God, even when we couldn't see it at the beginning of the year and we've gone through tough times as individuals, as, uh, as, as family in Christ, and yet, God, you've, you've kept us together, we've stuck together, you've, you've helped us to, to navigate and to keep moving forward. And so, God, we, we say thank you, we celebrate who you are today, and it gives us the confidence to move into year 10 and 11 and 12 and 20, and 30, and 40, and 50, and way after we're gone, God, we pray that you would continue your good work through the people known as Redemption Hill so that you would receive so much fame and notoriety and recognition and praise and glory in this city and all over the world. We pray in the name of Christ, amen.